Oh, you're not going to believe it. This is the fourth box of punch keys I've got. What? Yeah. That's a lot of punch and, keys. And That's this, a lot. And this morning, I'm, yeah, it's four per box. I'm on my, and my, this will be the, 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 the fourth box, and I'm on my uh, second punch key in this box. I got a problem Jesus, here. You got a punch key problem. Hey, you know, I looked for punch keys yesterday. I was at the store. I was yeah. at H-E-B. No punch keys. Nothing at all. Oh, dear. They had a bunch of Mexican pastries, but no well, Polish you know, pastries. It's really, it, I'm worried, very worried that I am going to get fat before Tuesday. Oh, I got that. <laughs> oh, okay, Tuesday. okay. Well, we better just do this show. Come on. You're trying to, this is the warm up, right? <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, give me a second to, get, to to harness my chi. All right. Hey, you're here. It's the Bro Show. Mm. Welcome. Yeah, my name's Jerry. My name's John. <laughs> wow. That was, that was quick. a nice cue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a little slow on the yeah. trigger, but I'm okay yep. now. I'm yeah, a, I'm you're okay. I woke up. You're Wake okay. up, call. Wake up. Oh, and we are. I'm okay. We are what? Okay. We are what? We're, we're the, the bro show. show. Yeah, we're the bro show. All right, we're actual brothers, same mother, same yes. father. Yeah. And every Saturday morning, just like the cartoons, we yeah. talk about four things. Well, the cartoons don't always talk about four things, but we record every Saturday morning, just like the cartoons. And we talk about four things. One of those things is an animal because every six months which is our season, we have an animal, a mascot, if you like. Mm-hmm. And what is the animal this season, John? The meerkats. That's it, meerkats. What an animal. Are our animals. Ooh. Yeah, they, I'm really glad you gave the plural. <laughs> Not singular, however, though. No, oh, they're plural. They're plural. Yes. There are lots of meerkats. You. Don't want to have one meerkat. That's a bad situation. Okay. So anyways, four things. One of them is a meerkat story. The second thing we talk about is a word, a word we found while doing research. Yes. Yeah. The third thing we talk about is a two takes, something we have not necessarily opposing, but definitely different views on a big topic usually. And last but not least, we have two, count them, two groaners. These are bad jokes. Mm, Bad jokes. Hmm. Yeah, all good. Provide it to all us. Right. Oh, boy, got through that okay. Good job. You're hey, welcome. But you know what? The other thing we got to do is we got to always put clothes on in the morning. And oh, yeah. that's a, that. We look forward to that because we're always able to strut from the from the belt up a terrific yeah. shirt. And what's true? What shirt do you have on today? Well, ignoring the vast conspiracy that is big laundry. That makes us dress. <laughs> Let's ignore that for the moment. <laughs> I am wearing, John, the wonderful Animal Legal Defense Fund T-shirt that instructs oh, us sugar. to. Yeah, instructs us to get wow. rid of the tanks. Get rid of the tanks and free the orcas. Okay. Yeah. okay. By the way, I, I got a compliment on this. I got I got out this week. They let me out. Put <laughs> <laughs> you out of your cage. Yeah, and uh, I, I got some compliments on the blue, the color blue this T-shirt has. In sunlight, it's uh, it's really something to behold. It's not like neon, but it is definitely arresting. It grabs one's attention, and the 
orca on is quite beautiful. All right. So anyway, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. How about you? I've got the season of the tiger, the last season, the last animal mm. season we did. And it's pretty impressive that it's that postage stamp uh, um, T-shirt. So it's got a lot of color on it. Season of the Tiger, www.bro.show. Yeah. Feeling Before good. I move on, I want to I want to remind everybody, you can subscribe to this show. Mm-hmm. And you can get just go to www.bro.show and you can you can get all the deets about subscribing. It's very simple. There's no obligation. There's no money involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you only get hassled by us once a week uh, when you yeah. receive the show. You know, so you don't have to go anywhere for it. It shows up in your inbox or you can get the Substacks app and, right. and, and cruise that way. It's 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 a really neat thing. Anyway, that's going on. So, hey, we have a sponsor, don't we? We do have a sponsor, the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Uh, the Animal Legal Defense Fund's mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of animals through the legal system. They accomplish a lot of good stuff. They file high impact lawsuits to protect the animals they provide free legal assistance and training to prosecutors computers to ensure that they're able to do the best job they can for these critters and they also support very tough animal protection legislation this week i decided to take to take a little dive into their financials found out oh. they've got oh yeah they got a clean opinion they've got a uh, very healthy finances and they they spend about 85% of their money on on benefits which is really good and one of the things that really stood out to me that you on the financial statements is that they have over four million dollars of donated legal services there are a lot of lawyers out there that want to be part of the mission of this wonderful organization so that's my my take on it and of course we know and you've already commented upon the main thing is they've got swag They've got great swag. They've got these T-shirts, like I just talked about, and they're on Bonfire. And that's the same place we have our merchandise also, or I should say merchandise. Yeah, you can get, we have, yeah, we've got six T-shirts, six mugs, and they have AI-generated art on them of meerkats. And uh, they are cute as hell, if I do say so myself. So go there. Yeah, go to merch or mirch.bro.show, and you'll see our stuff. We got a story. Yeah, we got we got a what I would call a meerkat mystery. Uh, this is, and we had to hit the Wayback Machine, go back to 2002. And the story begins in October, where the Santa Barbara Zoo decide, uh, was working with another zoo, uh, the Bronzeville Zoo in, uh, in Texas, Whereby new Braunfels, new Braunfels, new Braunfels. Oh, new Braunfels. Okay, yeah, they're located between Austin and San Antonio, uh, and they were going to give them on loan five uh, meerkats. So unfortunately, they the the Santa Barbara Zoo was brought to, to their attention that this zoo was not doing a very good job. It actually was closed down because it was providing very less than desirable conditions for the wonderful animals in that zoo. So they were feeling, you know, they want to get their, their, their meerkats back. Well, guess what? The mystery is no meerkats. Where were they? So fortunately, they got the, the federal authorities involved in this, and they were able to, to locate the meerkats. They were actually with an animal dealer, dealer nearby that had actually just had them on display at the San Antonio Zoo. And mm. the good news is they were able, they got, they, they were able to get some, 
a, uh, a person, the, the Santa Barbara Zoo, to get those wonderful animals by airplane back to the zoo. But in the process, it cost them 25000 they being the Santa Barbara Zoo, to, get, to basically legal funds mm. to get the meerkats back. So it's a happy story. But back in 2002, this hit national news. This was a very, very big story. Probably the biggest meerkat Mere uh, catnapping uh, story. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it's a mere I like kid that catnapping, term. yeah, catnapping story of yeah. the year back in 2002. And I yeah. think there's a lesson to be learned here. They spent, and the other thing is, I don't know if you're aware of this, that since they incurred $25,000 in fees, they felt a need, what they need to recoup that money. So they used the animals, they created they a meerkat. Uh, Memorial Society, Benevolent Society. They made pictures of them, sold them, did displays with them so that they could recoup the money. Very, very sad part of the story. But you know the lesson to be learned here? Where they, the zoo made their mistake? What? what they should have done was go to the Animal Legal Defense Fund for help. Wow. Wow. At the beginning. And this, they wouldn't have to then subject these animals to becoming uh, fundraisers. One man's Wow. One man's opinion, and I I think that animals need representation. If yes. they're if you're going to exploit them commercially, then part of that money should go to preserve habitats. Exactly. I mean, that the, the should go to the animals directly. Yes. Directly. Oh. Yeah. I mean, come on, give them plush. You know. Uh, you know. Accommodations. Or, yeah, accommodations. Okay, well, uh, that's great, John. Let, let me give you a little. Now, here's the real story. Okay, so uh, first of all, a li- uh, people need a little orientation. New Braunfels, most people have not heard of New Braunfels. New Braunfels is part of a handful of towns throughout Texas that in the mid 1800s got settled by Germans. Okay, yeah. you maybe heard of Fredericksburg or Pflugerville, a few of these towns. Yeah, and there's also a whole bunch of Czechoslovakian and Polish towns all around us here. Same deal. Some guy went over to Europe and sold towns wholesale and said, come on over and claim your town. And that's how they did it. And that's what happened in New Braunfels. Today, New Braunfels, it was once a German speaking community had a German newspaper until 1948, at which time they added some English. By 1958, it was all English. The mm. war didn't go too well, in case no one noticed for the Germans. So. They went a little bit sub rosa. But in any case, that's the whole history of New Braunfels. There are 100,000 people in New Braunfels today. It's a really ideal-sized town, and it's beautiful. It's between San Marcos and San Antonio, and San Marcos is between Austin and San Antonio. So you just go down I-35, and you'll drive right through it. It's a beautiful place. Great place if you're a meerkat, actually. And this shows you, John. How hardy these little animals are, because they made oh, yeah. it into the wild. They made it into the wild. Someone captured them, gave them to an animal dealer. Animal dealer put them on display. Then they ended up getting repatriated back to Santa Barbara. By the way, a dentist's private jet flew them back. Yeah, yeah. that's the the way that they got back. The, that's that's the Beautiful. good part of the story. But I also that believe the that, that I think it's possible that those animals were sold. I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this Mr. And, Stephen and, and Collins. Not, you know, yeah, yeah, that's not the and that's, Zoomeister. The, and the meerkats, unfortunately, were not the only, 
only animals that were missing and some of the other animals they never found. It's a, yeah, the guy disaster. is supposed to be hiding on the zoo property and they can't find him. Did you know that? Yeah, well, you know what? He bur- he burrowed his way underground like a meerkat. That's how come they can't find him. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay, we got a word. We got a word. And our word is sports dynasty. Quite often dynasty, you think of a, a series of rulers or a bunch of a family that are monarchies, et cetera, this and that. But in recent years, sports has kind of taken that word and coupled it with uh, sports and dynasty, and it comes up with the definition of a team that dominates their sport or league for an extended period of time. An example of this would be of all the college sports dynasty dynasties. Gene, Ariyama, Yukon Huskies have built them something grandiose. So, and if you take a look, just to kind of segue into our into our two takes, you'll find that dynasty is is an understatement as it relates to this this team because they have been uh considered a dynasty for over 20 years uh you take a look at it and they've uh, actually been to the big tournament the basketball tournament we're talking about the women huskies have been to the tournament for 33 consecutive years the big that's a dynasty that's a dynasty and they have actually won it in 11 those years and uh, most of those being Mm. since uh, 2000 and uh, so it's it 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 definitely has been a dynasty. Gino has been there for 37 mm. years. Has a record of 1,171 wins versus 153 losses. Big East turn, uh, uh, League Conference, and so they're 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 incredible. I, mm. And and yeah. so well, that's on. that's the word. That's the word. Now we have a word. I think it's a great word, by the way. But now let's have the two takes, John. What is the deal? Well, the thing is that uh, the last time they actually won the big the the big uh, tournament was in 2016. They were runner up in 2022. So let's take a look at the two takes is what is happening now as we enter that critical period just before the tournament, which will be starting in March. And if we take a look at the Huskies, we see a pretty, pretty good picture on paper. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, John. I got to say something. This is this is really eating at me. I got to say it. Okay, we have we have a very active listener, and I won't say Jason's name, but he has a real thing about women's basketball. He spits on it. He does not respect it, and it's yeah. it's upset me. And I had to say something about it. And I'm just saying that women's sports is important, number one, but women's basketball is beyond all that. It is beautiful. It's better than ballet. That's all I got to say. All right, I'm done. Uh, I'd like to say Jason's kind of turned the corner a little bit. We pointed out a couple of of the he women did. that are in Miami that uh, are are considered. That's how you got you know, That's it. We had to we had to go with the the you know the the uh, the, the, the big twins. Uh, endorsements, the twins, the Cavendish twins, and that worked. But overall, let's take a look at the Huskies. Okay, three and four. Uh, right now, as we speak, fourteen and fifteen and one in their conference. They're ranked six. They've got a super one of the strongest schedules. They've they they played uh, eight times ranked teams or five and three. So hey, this looks pretty good. But what yeah. made me start looking at this goes back to January twenty third, actually uh, January eighth, where they were had to reschedule a game because they were only able to see, suit up six players. And wow. The Big East rules require you to have at least seven players. So I decided to take a look and find out what happened. 
this year. Yeah. And does it yeah. does it provide very quickly? Uh, what happened is that they're allowed to have 15 scholarships, and they decided to go with 12 at the beginning of the year, 12 of them. And they had no walk-ons, and of those 12, two of their players were injured before the season even started, for the full season. So they're going from the beginning with 10 players. Throughout the first uh, 27 games, they have only had 10 players one time during this. Wow. And, of course, uh, as we as we speak uh, today, they will have, what, nine players? They've still got yeah. one person, a player, AZ Fudd, who's had uh, considerable knee injury. So what's the problem? That's The problem is I think they could have maybe gotten one more scholarship and got the season off. But even more important is the way that I feel that they've conducted themselves during the year. And mm. they seem to have played anywhere from six, seven players. And, and quite often they could be playing more, I think, because 12 of the games that they won were by 20-plus points. So they've really done uh, – they've taxed the players considerably. And if mm. you take a look at the last, you know, five or six games which they've played, they've only won those games by as, as much as uh, 10 points. So they've really had some tight, tough games. And here's another factor to consider. When you don't have all the players, that's mm. also it leaves you a little light with respect to doing scrimmaging between games and also – the fact is that the other teams see that you don't have the players and they want to foul. And if they've got depth, they're going to beat up on you. They're going to go pounding on the, on them. So they've got and, uh, and other things. Yeah, they do other things, too. You know, they bait. They do a lot of baiting. They try and bait the uh, UConn players into fouling. Uh, there's yeah, lots of well, tricks, lots of tricks, lots of tricks. Yeah, and it's all of, it's all about board. It's all mm. so they got sleep. They've got four more games, including one today, which is the critical one of the four remaining four of the regular season. But okay. I think the problem that lies between now and starting the tournament, uh, the big their their you know the big dance, the NCAA tournament, is that they've got to go through their own Big East tournament. And that yeah. tournament is a, is a meat grinder. I mean, because they've got to play. Mm. They'll they'll draw by the first the first game but then they got to play two games back to back uh on the fifth and sixth and again i think it's going to be a tough road for them now the good news is that here on the bro show we have a crackerjack uh analyst of the huskies in-house that can provide us with perhaps a better insight than i can because i'm just a numbers guy so oh wait a minute Wait a minute. I, I don't. You're so funny. You're the analyst. Look at this. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and look we have at a me. Cracker Jack, we have a crackerjack, a free spirit who uh, kind of thinks more of the intangibles. And he's a oh, soft, okay. feely guy who has a severe devotion with the club and is very biased. And he can give us his. That <laughs> wow. That was honest. That was honest. <laughs> Okay, all right, so all right. what's going on here? Come on, tell right, us. So let me give it to you straight, okay? Or biased, or however you want to talk about it. I am a fanboy. I love women's basketball, but in particular, I love the Huskies. I follow them on Twitter. Uh, it's about the only thing I do on Twitter these days. I'm mostly on Mastodon. But on Twitter, I follow the Huskies. I know every little thing that's going on. So, And I know the most worthless things that are going on, things that have really minimal effect upon their ability to field a team and win a game. But I love all this minutiae and all this stupid stuff that I know about the Lady Huskies. And John, 
They are a fantastic team. This team, among all the other teams I've watched over the, over the seasons, this team has the most grit of any team I've seen. And they're also some of the most graceful and beautiful women playing basketball. And they are really good at what they do. Leah Edwards is a fantastic lady down under the basket. She does really well. They can field up to four guards now because they often have to do that because you get these five guard teams they have to play that shoot three pointers all the time. So they have, and then sometimes they play a team like South Carolina, you know, Mm. out of their conference that has all three big players they have to play against. So they have a tremendous task ahead of them and it's very difficult, but they do it. And then everybody associated with this team, John has played this season with injuries or been benched because they're too injured to play. And let me give you the players that you're unaware of that have been injured. Let's start with the mascot. Oh, yes. Listen, this is the intangibles I've been waiting for. Give us the word on the wonderful mascot. His name is Jonathan. Not John, but Jonathan. And he's the 14th Husky to be a mascot. And Jonathan was injured. He suffered an internal problem. They will not disclose the details. They're very, very guarded about the medical condition of their players. And Jonathan's important. And I saw a video clip of Nika Mule, their their point guard, testing Jonathan for cu- concussion protocol. That may give us a little clue. I'm not sure. I can't I can't say for sure. I, but she was te- you know the finger and the eyes moving back and forth. She yeah. was testing Jonathan and and then concluded the test with a handshake. Jonathan's back back in service. He's there for the Huskies today. So that's good to know. Now not just that, John. But you, we know you talked about the players that have been injured. Do you know the coach, the coaches, both coaches have been injured. Yeah. 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 Gino missed uh, three games. And, you know, if you watch the interviews with Gino, he has trouble getting up and down out of a chair. He's in pain. So there's something going on with him. But they are very close mouth about injuries, as I said. And you'll never find out what it is. Chris Daly. And this is news. This is coach. news that you're only going to hear on the bro show. Nobody else has reported that. That's how insightful our mm. uh, our our in-house uh, expert is. Whatever he is, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> and see, Chris Daly, CD as she's called, is the assistant coach. She's been, I think, she's been there almost as long as Gino, and she took over for him when he was out. But the game before she took over, she hit the deck. They had to carry mm. out in the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. the, yeah, so the mascot, both the uh, main, uh, the head coach and the assistant coach are out. All those players that you mentioned have been out with injuries. Some of them are playing right now as we speak with injuries, but they are tough, tough, beautiful, graceful, and very good basketball players who never give up. They have grit, clamor, the whole deal. They've got it, John. They've got it. And they all have a lot of them have NIL deals, too. They have sponsorship deals. Well, I would say right? that uh, it's a question of battle tested, battle worn. I think oh. they're a little bit battle worn. And you feel that they have met all the challenges of the mm. season very well. Uh, and I think the culture that their coach is probably uh, it can be a trip. The culture uh, that Gino has built up there mm. through it mm. throughout the 
years he's been there is, is probably pretty good. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. I don't, and I also want to do a shout out. I was able to talk to the the assistant athletic or the associate athletic director of of UConn, the one who's responsible for directly supervising many of the women's sports there, and uh, he kind of set me straight because I was going for the kill. I wanted to say that UConn should have lost that game by forfeit that when they only weren't able to come up with the players. But he brought it to my attention that the worst that would have happened if there would have been no contest. They 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 play good sportsmanship, something I've got to maybe learn. I guess. Oh, you got to learn about that. And what's the dude's name? <laughs> that guy's, uh, his, his, oh, rats, I just had it here on my, uh, I don't have it right in front of me. What's your language? Rats. Jeez. Rats. God, I thought I put it on this wonderful schedule, but I guess I didn't. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. I thought his name was Steve something. It's Eskin, Steve Eskin. Okay. There we E-S-K-I-N. Between oh, the good. two of us, we have a whole brain. Have you noticed that? <laughs> oh, hey, listen, we got two groaners. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. And oh, I decided to go the basketball route and do a couple oh. of basketball groaners. Okay. Well, since I'm, I'm a star analyst or whatever I am, uh, I'm ready. But, okay. Here's the first one. If a why can't basketball players go on vacation? Why can't basketball players go on vacation? Well, they can't get on the plane because they dribble too much. Close. That's the groaner. If you're saying why are ball players so sloppy when they eat? Oh, they dribble too much. Okay, but that's close. They're not allowed to travel is the answer. Oh, I like that. That's a very good one, John. <laughs> okay, now this is a. I'm. Go- this is one. This is an oldie but goodie. I had to pull it out of the vault. We've used it before. What is a basketball player's favorite restaurant? Oh, Dunkin' Donuts. Hey. Okay. One out of two. Very good. Makes it even better. All right, dude. <laughs> 